Good evening. It is Tuesday night, which means it is Facebook Live night. Uh, except, guess what? I had a root canal yesterday, and I don't feel great. So I brought in my gang, my crew, my peeps, and I brought Luke in. So Luke is going to be on the webinar tonight with us. Yeah. He's so thrilled. Um, while we get talking, my mouth is sore. I'm tired. Pre-syncopal. It's not fun. But I'm not letting you guys down. So we have some questions that we want to talk about. And um, Luke was just out working Meredith. And I was out getting some video, and Rich had Remy out. Remy's a new one we have in. Uh, Poodle. So uh, so Remy's still unsure. She just came in yesterday. So let me know what questions you guys have. Go ahead and write them in the comments. And uh, we are going to get started. First of all, the first question we have is, can an aggressive dog be a service dog? Now, you guys know we train service dogs, but we also work on rehabbing aggressive dogs and we work with pet dogs. So every dog who comes in and who, you know, we might talk about, we might put pictures up, we might put videos up, every dog we have in is not a service dog or a service dog candidate, okay? So first I want to make sure we say that. Um, so, hi, Aqua. So sometimes people uh, mistakenly assume that... Um, for example, Ella was just in. Ella uh, had some aggression issues. Ella is not a service dog or a service dog candidate, okay? Uh, Luke, what do you feel about service dogs being aggressive? Is that a good if thing? If you have a dog who is aggressive, they will never, ever be a service dog. Right. Stop trying to save a sinking ship. <laughs> so service dogs are not behavioral um, projects, right? They're not project dogs. Um, and if a dog is aggressive, they're not going to be a service dog, but... Ever. Ever. But. I'm going to include a but. Uh, but you have to make sure you evaluate the dog properly as well. So one of the things um, poodles do is they'll puff their lips, like... Right? Their upper lips. You've seen it with Rama, haven't you? No. She doesn't. Um, because she doesn't go like this all the time. The puffing of the lips in her, because every poodle does it, is not a sign that she's aggressive. And um, people who don't know how to read dogs, read dog body language, like a wagging tail does not mean that a dog is happy. You know, puffy does not mean that the dog is aggressive either. And uh, I think sometimes these people who think that they're trainerettes, is what we call them, trainerettes, but... Um, but these wannabe trainers do more harm than good. They tell people um, wrong things to do. It just makes a mess out of it for everybody. So Jane's here. She says, uh, that's Remy's mom. She's here. Good. Kimmy says, hi. Deb says, hi. That's Loki's honor. And Cheryl says, hi. That's Marvel's honor. Wow, whole six people are watching. A whole six people. That's okay. It's like a village. It takes a village. Um, <laughs> so we also had a question. What treats? to use when training your dog? Anything. Anything. What's your favorite type of treats to use, Luke? I, I, I actually have no preference. I just don't like training with treats, but if you're going to train with treats, just use anything. I want to use food because of the whole, like... I also like these. Buy these! Totally not! We're They're totally not sponsored. Not sponsored. We will get nothing if you buy these. Nothing. So if you're listening, it's the Tricky Trainers Chewy. I also like the Zooks. I like the Pet Botanicals. 
I like the Merrick Power Bites. Um, I love these type oh, of person. That's okay. Um, I like the Power Bites. Um, they're little stars, so you can break those up. So if you don't like to break up treats, do not buy the Merrick. Um, but these Tricky Trainers, what I do is I go on Chewy and I order like two or three of each type of bag, and I see what the dogs like. And um, we have one called Pet Botanicals, um, Zooks. Um, these ones, there's a Blue Dog Bakery. They're all about the same. I figured out price-wise, the Pet Botanicals are the cheapest at 41 cents an ounce. You get a 20-ounce bag for $8.28 on Chewy. So I like those. You can also, as Luke's correct, you can use their food. You can use their food while training. I do like doing um, food training. I like doing clicker stuff as well with them. Um, it's fun, um, especially with the service dogs. So, you know, it is fun to elicit those new behaviors. And really, any treat works that works good with your dog. Um, however, I like small, about the size of uh, a kernel of corn or a pea. Um, and I like soft because it goes down faster. Now, I also have uh, Stella and Chewy's um, salmon, and it is uh, like a freeze-dried raw, so you can break that apart. My cats love that. Do they ever bother you for that? Bother me for what? The treats? No, see, they don't even bother him for treats. The cats know whenever we're getting the treats out, and they're like, hey. Um, we have some, um, anything freeze-dried I'll go for, but the problem with freeze-dried is they usually have it in really big chunks, and I have to sit and cut up all the chunks, which gets to be really aggravating as much as I use food with the training, so I just assume buy oh, a bag of Oh, we just gained a few people. We did. You don't need to do the commentary. <laughs> um, no, they're still... Um, Deb says, now that's Loki's owner says, what about a well-trained German shepherd? She's only aggressive if you approach the house. So, um, that depends on what they want, what their goals are. If they want her to, to protect the house and guard the house, that's fine. Um, if they want her to be a therapy dog and she gets snarky out in public, that's a different story. Um, or a service dog. Um, it, it's what people want and are okay with. So, um, you know, we have Arrow, the Malinois, we had Jedi, our German Shepherd, and part of their job was to guard the house. Now it's Zoe the Border Collie, the little limpy Border Collie. She barks whenever anyone comes over to the house here, so we know whenever someone's here, which is really nice. Um, now, I expect them to knock it off if you tell them to knock it off <laughs> as well. So Kathy's giving us a yeah. thumbs up. Kimmy says, Graham is starting to bark more often, but now as soon as I... As soon as he does, I say no, and he lays right down good. So the other thing I'll do, and again, depending on why they'll bark, is I might tell them thank you. You know, if, they, if someone knocks at the door, nobody knocks at the door. When you live in the country, it's pretty nice, right? Knocks at the door and the dogs bark, thank you. That means I've, I hear it. I've responded to it. You don't need to do your business anymore. Um, Terry says she's back in Bristol sitting at the side of the road to get coverage. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Terry. Um, she says it's so much cheaper to cut up treats, to stretch them, the smaller the better. Um, some things I use scissors depending on the project. Yeah. So one of the things you can do too um, for treats is you can take a hot dog and quarter it and then coin it. You can get about 100 treats out of one hot dog, but then you have people who are like, don't use hot dogs. It's bad for you. It's bad for the dogs. And I'm like, hot dogs are delicious. Shut up. <laughs> I used to buy the good hot dogs for us. And the, I like, like the like cheap, like. <laughs> dog quality ones right i buy that like that one dollar for the pack of eight hot dogs for the dogs and luke's like you got my favorite hot dogs and i'm like it's for the dogs eat the good stuff he goes i like this stuff i never like the expensive brands right he likes the cheap ones and then terry that's um she has goose's brother i don't know roma who goose is. hold on roma's brother goose she has roma's brother goose 
Um, she says, hi, Luke, really enjoyed your service dog PSAs that you had put up for your last cool. class. Yeah. And here, Jane says, there's 79 cents at Aldi's. We actually just got an Aldi's and up the road. I don't know what Aldi's is. It's a store. It's over by that Lowe's. That new Lowe's. Anyway, um, how to get... Can I handle one next to you? Yeah, okay, here. Uh, here, Luke, here's the question. How do you get the dog to not jump up on people? Well, you take the dog, and whenever the dog goes jump up on someone, you correct it. Okay, how do you correct it? Well, in all serious, in all, in all seriousness, uh, you would have to leash up the dog and bring around people that she's jumped up on before, likes to jump up on to, and give her um, sort of medium-style correction. Same medium, because you don't want to uh, kill the dog by snapping its neck, and Not you don't want to just go, eh, eh. But you want to, like, give an actual, like, decent correction that's not fatal. Something uh, strong so, enough to get her to not stop doing what she was doing? Correct. Okay. Um, uh, you could do it with e-collar, too. Same premise. Don't don't electrocute the dog. Don't tase it. And don't just make it go, hey, what's that tapping sound? Oh, I don't know. I'll just jump up. Okay. All right. So next... Hold on a little bit more on the jumping up. Now, I've heard sometimes people, so say my dog jumps up on people, and so I want you to train my dog to do that because you're just like somebody who comes over to my house. Do you think that's okay, or do you think you should have to train your dog to stop jumping up on people, or should you rely on the people that your dog's jumping up on to stop it? Does that make sense to you? You should do a bit of both. Like, people shouldn't be going, hey, dog, jump up on me. It's like, that's just the worst thing ever. We'll counteract training. And you also want to actually take some responsibility for your own property and train it. Okay. So you know what? You you just patted your chest and you were like, come on, jump up on me. Um, we actually, as we're working this, it usually only takes about one session for them to figure it out and then a little bit longer for it to become regular. But um, we can train this, the patting your chest and the jumping up to mean lie down. So then whenever weird people do come up and they're like, it's okay if she jumps up. I like it when a dog jumps up on me. And then they do that, the dog's going to down because what if there's a kid? What if there's an old person? And that dog's going to knock them over and that's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we also do, we, we pat our chest and we're like, oh, look at my new shirt. You know, look, I just got the, says dog trainer on my shirt right there. Is the dog going to jump up? And if the dog jumps up, they're going to get that correction because you don't want it. I know you want to reward what you like. So you like the dog sitting and being nice. So you can reward that with affection as well. So if they're sitting nicely, um, you good girl, and you can go down and pet her or good boy, and you can go down and pet him. Um, but if they start getting crazy, you know, no, you can't pet him anymore. Okay. And that's actually one of the reasons why when we work the service dogs so young, I usually don't have them greeting people until they're about six months old is because I don't want them to see people and say, oh, I get to go say hi to you. All right, next one. Uh, that's what our, that's. That's what, what our for love. Okay, and Bill says, hi, Bill Church. He's the one who made me the little glass arrows. Cheryl oh, says, you can also walk into them or in the old days, put your knee up. Yep. Yeah. Um, and she says, I will test Maverick with a high the voice. The old days back when. Back when you weren't dying, from, weren't dying from getting a paper cut. Oh, you would die when you got a paper cut. Um, Maverick, high voice, he knows better. Exactly, yeah. Rude yeah. gives hugs, which is one of the worst if things. If you're dying, would you be training Doug? Always. <laughs> um, you want to talk about this one next? 
I just want to go through all of them because I go through them quicker. Okay. So here's our next question is, well, it's not really a question as much as it is a running monologue. These are all, these have all been running monologues. It's always a running monologue. Um, the dog's not fully house trained. So they asked for tips to get the dog fully house trained. So what are some tips to work on house training your dog? Okay, so you know my advice for the last one? Correct them. Essentially, yes. Well, not if they're puppies. Oh. Hold on. Okay. This is why you cr this is why you have crates for your dogs. Essentially, you want to have a dog in a crate most of the time so you can keep an eye on them and get them out whenever they feel like they have to go potty. Or, and it could be easy to deal with. And if they do have an accident, well, it's in one spot that you can deal with. Um, another thing you can do if you're, uh, if you're like my parents and like mom and my dad and don't want to crate their poorly potty trained dog, you close off all the doors and trap the dog in a single room, like with you, like the living room or kitchen with you, so that you can constantly keep tabs on, even if that doesn't always work. <laughs> so what he's talking about is Rama when we got her. Pooped in my room every single day. No, she didn't. Every other day. Maybe once a week. Every other day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Luke, um, we started making sure his door was shut, but then the problem is sometimes the cats will be in there. And then they poop in my room. But nobody's pooped in his room for at least a month now, and it's been really nice. It's been better. So here's the what you want to do for house training, guys. House training is just a matter of time. Uh, until the dog is six months old, your dog is not house trained. I don't care if your dog doesn't ever have an accident. There's that possibility they will because they can't really hold it very well until they're about six months old. Um, and then for little dogs, it could be up to a year old. So do not trust your dog in the house under six months old, unless you don't mind that they poop in your room or pee in your room. Um, so you essentially have some common sense. Have some common sense. So what can you do instead? Luke's right. You can tether them. You can um, supervise them. Um, well, I didn't mean tether them. That's, oh, a, that's I just mean like trap them in a room. I'm not feeling great. Right. That's why he said crate them. So you can crate them. You can them. also tether them. You can supervise, you can tether them, which means they have a leash and you have the other end of the leash. And that way they can't chase kitties, play with other dogs, get it, chew wires or potty uh, unless they're yeah, outside, ahead. hopefully. Um, you want them to potty outside. Now I have people who want to use pee pads. Um, for pee pad training, um, you just kind of layer it in there, and as they pee on it, you remove them. Do not pee pad train the big dogs. I had someone who wanted to pee pad train a golden retriever, and I'm like, this dog is going to soak through a box of them every time he pees. Um, now, some people will pee pad train every service dog they get in, even gigantic ones, but the problem with that, too, is... You know, they have to carry pee pads with you. So you go to the airport, you carry pee pads. Well, most airports anymore have um, have potty areas for the dogs. So you can always do the potty area for the dog. And you don't need to, you know, bring your own pee pads to put down and tell the dog to potty on. I had one dog, Boo, who would do a... Um, she many would, years ago. Many, many years ago. Do you remember Boo? Yes. Um, she would hunch over to go poop, and I'd just flatten up a uh, like a grocery bag, like say a Walmart or Target bag, and slip it underneath her, and she'd poop right into the bag, and I could just tie it off, and we were done. And that was the coolest. None of my other dogs I've done that with. Um, it's because I wasn't – she's the dog who got me into being a pro dog trainer, and she was the only dog we had, so I had more time to spend with her on stuff. She's also the only dog that we've ever had who rings the potty bells to go outside. That was the only dog we ever had when we only had one dog. We only had one dog. 
So uh, Cheryl says it was 26 years ago for the training. And Kimmy says, Graham responds well to different voices. It's funny when I go from my mom voice to my, oh my goodness, what a good boy voice. Exactly. And Kimmy says, poor Luke. Um, but yeah, so potty training, guys, it just, it takes time. And then you want to make sure you clean it up with an enzyme cleaner. I want to make sure you clean it up with an enzyme cleaner. I think he's possessed. Okay. Um, booties, especially for the service dogs. What? My name is L-U-C-A-S. <laughs> it's Luca. Lucas. Uh, so when to start using booties? Uh, I use them. So Gypsy we got in October of last year. So we got her right before it cooled down, and I didn't need to wear booties on her until the spring. Okay. Um, Roma we got in... I'm going to say three months old. So July, maybe June, July, something like that. We got Roma and because it was so hot, I had to put her in booties pretty much immediately whenever we went out when it was hot. Uh, So if I'm just going to the grocery store and then going in and then coming back out, I don't put booties on them. But if I'm going to Disney, if I'm going any place, I'm going to walk her around for a bit outside, you know, some sort of fair or, you know, going up to the farmer's market, I'm going to make sure I put booties on the dogs. Now here's the problem with that is the booties are specific sizes. So if you're buying booties for a three month old poodle puppy, by the time the dog's six months old, probably not going to fit him anymore. By the time the dog's a year old, probably not going to fit him anymore. So you're going to have to buy a few different pairs. And the problem with booties is they're expensive. I just bought new booties for Gypsy. And it was, I think, like 100 bucks for the booties. Oh, man, at that point, why even bother? Right, those shoes are more expensive than mine. <laughs> just, um, just, like, pour water for, like, the dog to cool off the paws every once in a while. It should be fine. You can't. That ground gets so hot. Like, so we were at Disney last, what, Thursday? And that ground was so hot. I had on my um, five-fingered shoes. And I could feel the heat through there. I can feel the heat normally. Like, I, I can walk on that without, like, going, gee. Well, you don't want to burn puppy feet or doggy feet, especially for the service dogs. Like I said, if it's oh, just. don't I. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially, you know, I mean, it's one thing if we're just walking across the parking lot real quick. But, um, but yeah, we want to make sure we do the booties. So there are some that's a little more forgiving with the sizes. We've used the um, Mutlux Hot Doggers. I just bought another pair of Mutlocks coming in with gypsy shoes. Um, I've used the rough wear booties, and then I'm trying the Mutlock um, mud whatevers. So I'll let you guys know once we get them in. They're supposed to arrive on Monday. I ordered them yesterday, so it'll take from order to arrival, hopefully about a week. And uh, they're purple, so it'll go with her new vest, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, but you just, what do you do with them, guys? You put them on the dog. You gear up your dog, right, leash, collar, and all that stuff. You put the booties on, and you go. Do not let your dog have time to lay there and pick the booties off, you know, chew them off. Um, they're going to try to videotape it because it doesn't last long, but they prance like pretty ponies. And uh, they are so not sure about it. Once we had, who was I think we had Rosie in, and we took her to Walmart in the booties because her owner brought her the booties that so we wanted to get her used to it before we went to Disney, and she wore them for the whole day. So we, we brought them with us to the Walmart parking lot. We have a Walmart in town here. So uh, we put the booties on her and we just started walking with her um, through Walmart. And everyone's like, why is she wearing booties? And we're like, well, it's to get her ready for going to Disney. You know, like you have to get service dogs used to booties when you live in Florida. But it's not hot in here. No, it's not. 
that's why we're doing it here instead of waiting for her to go to Disney to do them. But sometimes we just put them on and go. Like Marvel, we just put them on when we got to Animal Kingdom last Sunday. Loki, we put them on whenever we got um, to, where do we take Loki? Magic Kingdom. Why do only the very annoying and very stupid people ever like talk to people with dogs? They don't. Everybody talks to people with dogs. I've only ever like experienced like, oh my god, to dog. <laughs> I don't know what is going on here. Cancel. There we go. Um, logged in. Cancel. I don't know what's going on with that. Um. Anyway. Um. Prevent this page from creating additional dialogues. I don't know what that means. It means it'll stop making it pop up. That's a dialogue. Oh, okay. I thought a dialogue was whenever two people talk. And we're back. I don't know what happened there, but we're continuing. So hopefully you guys will find us. I know there's usually a little bit of a gap. So we'll give it some time. Guess what? We're going. Um, yeah, it just it started popping up with all these things. And I don't know why that happened. Uh, okay, so one question that we get a lot is uh, human food for dogs. Do you feed your dog human food? Um, I do. I do it all the time, and not just because my dogs have uh, pretty much all been on a raw diet at some point or another, but depending on what food you give them, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, you can give your dog some fruit and some vegetables. You can give your dog some meat. You can give your dog, um, I'll give them some some bread type of stuff or pizza crust, then that's fine. They can have some grains. Um, what you don't give your dog is junk food. Like I'm not going to give my dog a candy bar. Don't give your dog chocolate. I'm not going to give my dog marshmallow fluff. I'm not going to give my dog um, peeps or um, jelly beans. Like I'm not going to give my dog, like things that aren't good for us, but I give my dogs, what were we doing the other day? We made asparagus and uh, green beans for dinner. And Gypsy was there. She wanted, as we snapped off the ends of the green beans, she wanted them. So she got them. Um, I give her eggs, like raw eggs. She loves raw eggs. Really not a good idea, but whatever. She loves them. Um, bananas. She loves right, she bananas. She begging from everybody for their food, even when we're trying to eat it. No, she doesn't. She begs from Light and Papa. And me and Dad and no. you. No, she doesn't. She All doesn't. of our dogs do. No, she lays underneath whenever I'm eating, and she doesn't beg. So I'm anxious to see if she actually does beg from you whenever you eat. Because I don't ever see you her have you. I would be like eating like soup or something and she would just be like <laughs> right like right in front of me. I usually don't feed her from my plate. I feed her from the kitchen. You feed her from your plate? No, I let him lick the plate off afterwards. There's a difference. You're feeding him from your plate. After I'm done eating, he gets to lick it. Whatever. Uh, here's one we got. This was kind of a long one, and we talked about it in our Should I read it? our Facebook group. Do you want to read it? Sure. Yeah. Does anyone else feel beat down that sometimes? Does anyone else feel beat down sometimes as a handler, like how you could be doing better that and that you're not doing enough to bring out your dog's potential, or are you doing too much wrong? Things we could do okay. better. Okay. Hold on. There's two parts to this. <laughs> This is weird okay. grammar. Uh, so does anyone else feel beat down sometimes as a service dog handler? Like you feel, feel like you could be doing better and you're not doing enough to bring out your dog's potential or you're doing too much wrong. And I think this is true for not just service dogs, but I think for pet dogs, this happens quite a bit as well. 
is that you get this puppy, you get this new dog into the house, and you want to make sure that you're doing everything right. And how do you know that you're doing everything right? Um, and you're not screwing up everything majorly. And we know what we're doing. Guys, we've been training for years. And when I brought Gypsy home and whenever we brought Roma home, I felt the same exact thing. I was worried, what if we do this wrong? Rich is like, Vicky, what are you talking about? You've trained a how many dogs? I'm like, I know, but this one's mine. <laughs> um, so, you know, even every single person is going to feel this way. I don't care how many puppies you've gone through. We, we got Gypsy last October. We got Roma over the summer, and I felt the same thing. Uh, you know, what if I screw this up? You know, especially whenever you have the added stress of, I want this dog to be a service dog in the future. So every person feels this way. Uh, and really, until they're six months old, I want them to be training. We start training for the service dogs as young as eight weeks old, which is great, but you want them to do slow. Do not take your dog out for a super long day. Um, if you have a puppy, do a short trip or two. Um, don't do marathon shopping spree at Sam's and then go to the mall and then go to the movies and then go out to eat all in one day. Your dog's head is going to explode. It's going to be really messy to clean up. So you want to go short. And really for those first six months, the prime things that you're working on is socialization, habituation, and potty training. Uh, so you want to make sure that your dog is socialized. Now, socialized does not mean that your dog says hello to everybody. I just said earlier, we do not say hello to everybody whenever we're out with the pups. Um, they learn to ignore, which is really nice. So what I did for the um, person who asked that question, because I understand how stressful it can be, is I asked her, I wanted uh, two lists from her. I wanted a list of things that they're doing well with and things that she could do better that she feels like things could be better. So I wanted to share that with you as well. So things she's feeling good about is, is I think the dog's like four months old, okay? Um, good sitting down with implied stay, a loose leash walking, leave it, place, sit on the dog to a degree. She says he gets up to get into things, um, so I can't ignore him entirely to settle, but eventually he does. Gaining confidence with new sights and sounds and touch. Now those are huge. So many dogs have problems with those. And those are what, you know, he's doing well at. So I thought that was super duper. And then things they could do better with is her other dog and their relationship. Now her other dog is a smaller dog and an older dog. And a lot of times the puppy can be obnoxious. We saw it with ours. Remember when we got Gypsy, like our, our three dogs that we had, uh, Arrow and uh, Zoe and Rue, like hated Gypsy. They thought she was so obnoxious. And then whenever we got Roma, it was nice because the poodle and the Holden could play with each other. So she finally had that playmate. So, you know, don't worry that you want them to ignore each other. I don't make my older dog play with puppies. Um, only if they want to and they enjoy it, do I let them play. Um, other than that, they get their separate time. Uh, nipping, it's a lab. They do nip. Uh, about four months old is whenever you can start to really eliminate that behavior. You can start beforehand, but you're not going to see a whole bunch of success until about four or five months old. Um, doesn't mean to not work on eliminating it, but just don't feel discouraged. Um, rough housing. So I don't like them to rough house in the house. Um, I like them to rough house outside. I've got five acres here. I want that. Now, here's one of the problems with that is we had a, a client come over and Gypsy wanted to rough house with her and her dog because they were outside and it was fair game. No, can't do that. 
Um, so, you know, you want to make sure you have, the, there are a lot of rough house here that certain conditions that it works. Um, she wants more focus, which again, it'll come, it'll keep, keep growing as long as you keep working it in the different environments. I'm not jumping on me, which we had talked about earlier as well. Um, don't reward that, bump into him, move into his space, claim that space. Don't let him jump up on you. Um, be in calm when someone um, who her trainer where she lives goes to pet him. Like I said, I don't let people pet my dog because I don't want them to. Like, so Luke can pet him, Rich can pet him, I can pet him. Um, dogs that I'm working with even whenever we're out, I usually don't pet them. Even if I've known them since they were a puppy, you know, if Rich is handling them, I'm usually not petting them. Okay. Um, that's why Marvel's with us right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's it. We're working on all that stuff. We're working on that focus, especially, uh, we're, we're going to get him out another time tonight. Uh, we, oh, Cheryl cleaned out his ears last night. I'm um, cleaning out his ears today. Uh, and he was kind of mopey today. So we kind of let him rest today. He was out on place. He went for his walk, but we, uh, we're going to work him after the webinar. Robin's a, Aunt Robin's on my sister. She says, watching Luke fall asleep is killing me. He had a busy day. So Luke is taking Chinese and he's teaching himself Japanese as well. What else do you have? Physics? Uh, English, um, history, and... Uh, Photography? Yeah. So he has six classes that he's doing. So And he's doing them all online. But like I said, he's also teaching himself Japanese. In order to help and support that he's learning Japanese and Chinese, um, we've started watching more animes. So we've been watching, um, what's that one? Death Book? Death Note? Death Note, yeah. Death Note, which was a movie that came out a few years ago. But the anime is so much better. So if you have Hulu, That was the general reaction of the fan base, as is every anime that gets a live-action release. Yeah, she says to poke him. And then Luke doesn't remember this because he was a baby when the kitty died, but our first cat was actually called Sailor because of Sailor Moon. So, well, actually, what was the theme that was the cat that we got was. from Robin. Sailor Moon! Sailor Moon! Sailor Moon! Remember that cat, Robin? <laughs> that one we got from you guys? Um, if he ever needs any help with Japanese, Kimmy can assist. Ooh, that's awesome. Okay. She's the one who we met up at Square One. Mm. Remember when we went out to eat with her? I found, like, an awesome, like, Japanese site to learn Japanese. So. Mm. Good. And they have dogs over there, so I told Luke he can move over there and train dogs. Mm. Huh, let's see what else. Oh, training time. Um, how many hours, how long does it take to train up your dog as a service dog? So I document we have training logs, and I've shared my training logs before, and I'm happy if you need it, let me know, and I can send you the PDF for it. But you have to message me. You have to P it to M me. PM it to me. Um, email me yeah. or text me. Pimarini. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> is that how they say yeah, it in different yeah. languages? <laughs> um, you have to do that because all I track is outings. I do not track time that we train in the house because I train my dogs in the house for, gosh, yeah, at least a half hour a day um, per dog, depending on what it is that we're doing as well. One of the things we worked on today with Gypsy and Roma is we have these two um, blue nine climbs. That's climb with the K. And um, we got two of them at conference, so I, I unscrewed the legs off of one, and I nested it on the other one, and I put a frozen Kong in upside down with some peanut butter. So I had Gypsy go up there, and while she was licking that up, I did her nails. And then she was done, and I gave it to her, and I got Roma, and Gypsy wanted her Kong too. I'm like, Gypsy, your Kong's over there. And she's like, no, I want Roma's Kong. So I did Roma, and then I put, Luke got me a third Kong, and uh, the girl still wanted the third Kong instead of their first two Kongs. 
But uh, we got Zoe up there and we did Zoe's just her front feet. I need to do her back feet still. Mm -hmm. But it was hard because Those Gypsy two, and Roma were there. Uh, Collins are still lonely on the uh, on a place board in the living room. I know. The dogs are kind of silly. That they... The dogs occasionally go over and lick at them. But... They have shiny object syndrome. It's not the new one she just got out. It can't be good. So I only More count like girl syndrome. <laughs> I only it's count like outings with my dogs because I train so much with them in the house. So like that counted as training because they have to like be good for nail trims. But I only count outings for my personal dogs. So I tallied it up over the weekend um, because I do keep track of it. Gypsy has over 200 hours of outings. Now don't forget Gypsy was off all summer. So while we've had Gypsy in training for a, over a year now, um, she had like three or four hey, months Gypsy. off, right? So Gypsy's had over 200 hours of public access training. Now Roma's only had 83, Oof. but Roma's also seven months old, not 14 months old. So she's about seven months younger than Gypsy, um, but she's at 83. Well, plus today's outing I have to add in too, but um, she's at 80 hours. Um, what I want to see is no less than 120 hours and that's no less than over a six-month period or more. Now, don't forget, we haven't had Roma for six months. Uh, we got Roma at three months old. She's seven months old now, so we've had her for four months. So, you know, I'm still doing good with that with timing-wise. Um, we rotate off on who we take, and it works out well. So whenever people ask me, well, how many hours, how long does it take to train up a service dog? It's going to take at least six months to train up an adult dog as a service dog. If you start with an eight-week-old puppy, it'll take you at least... So they're about 10 months old or a year old, um, but they're not going to be reliable, reliable to they're over a year old. Some dogs are going to be reliable at a year. Um, Gypsy, I'm still training her. She has um, one good task, which is her, oops, and, I, and picks things up for me. Um, she has a couple tasks that we're working on, and then we have more that we'll teach her after that. Mobility dog-wise, they can't handle the pressure stuff until all their joints close, and that's going to happen at anywhere from 18 to 24 months. You need to take them to a vet and um, get x-rays and make sure that their, their joints, of course, that they get the all clear for mobility work, okay? So Robin, Aunt Robin says, yeah, he sounds like, just like Rich. I'm familiar with Death Nut, my husband's a dork. Yeah, but your husband got you a nice bird. And yes, you stole my cat. <laughs> and Kimmy says she taught herself when she was 10, it's a lot easier when you have someone to speak with. Mm. So you can talk to it with Kimmy too. He was telling me about this keyboard thing that you can get so you can type in... Keyboard stickers that have the... Um, uh, it's not Higarashi. Hiragana. Hiragana. Yeah, that is like the Hiragana, like the little corner, so you can use the keyboard that's purely in Hiragana. Uh, and then uh, Jane asks, do you keep a training log for Remy so I get to see in two weeks what all you worked on with her? Actually, I don't. I am very lazy about keeping the ones from my dogs. I only record the training outings. Um, and that's usually whenever I sit down every couple weeks and I go back through our, um, our Instagram and I see where they were and where I posted that they did their pictures. I'm very, very lazy about mine. Um, so what I tell people is, you know, we can discuss like where we did, where we went to, I'll give you an estimate of it, but because I only count outings, you know, it's a little different, um, because a lot of what they do is structured and it is training, uh, you know, um, sit on the dog leash constant training, you know, a long place for a couple hours while we're watching death note constant training, um, you know, but then again, you know, walking outside and going to the farmer's market constant training. So I don't. Um, we've tried a couple times to print off forms so we can check those off, and those don't get done either. 
um, just because we work on what the dog needs at that time and kind of forget to write it down. Um, Cheryl seen the video. Michelle says, my two are the same way. One wants what the other one has. Yep. And Cheryl says, I only have 67 hours with Marvel. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Like, so I have like 80 with uh, Roma. And, uh, you know, it's it's because we go to Disney a lot with her over the summer because Gypsy couldn't go, but I had booties to fit Roma. <laughs> Mary says, I've been horrible at recording training. Should I just start recording now or just forget all the previous stuff? Now, that is a great question, Mary. So this is what we did. So I have an Instagram for Gypsy. I have an Instagram for Roma. I have an Instagram for Dream Dogs, for Hope Service Dogs, and for the Dream Dogs Ranch. I have five Instagrams. So I don't do too much with the ranch. And so far, I'm not doing too much with Hope. I just have the main three that I do, which is um, Gypsy's outings, Roma's outings, and Dream Dogs. So when I went back to fill in everything, what I did is I went back and I'm like, oh, here's a picture of Gypsy at Magic Kingdom on this day. So this day we went to Magic Kingdom. Here's a picture of Roma at the farmer's market. So, yep, that day correlates with the day we we're at the farmer's market. So let's put that on there. Um, and I know about how long we stay when we go out on different things. So that's what I did is I went through for Gypsy. It was about eight months worth of stuff whenever I started doing her binder um, because I just get lazy about doing things like that. So that's why I know whenever I tell you guys to do your index cards, um, for me, that's easier because I do them once and it's done. My training binder, because I have to keep going back to it, it could be such a pain. It would be probably smarter to just leave it in the car and like put it in the glove box or whatever or have like a notes tab on my phone so I can write on there. And that's actually what I did because we had um, like three things that Roma had just done. And so I'm like, okay, on this day, we did this for a couple hours. On this day, we did this for 45 minutes. On this day, we did this for three hours. So then whenever I sat down with her, her training binder, I could just put that in there. So like I said, today we went up to Spar, and then we went over to Winn-Dixie. So I need to write those in her training binder. Now, I'm sure I forgot some of the outings. It's a minimum, so if I forget a couple, it's not a big deal. So Mary, if you can go back and check, if you have like a diary, you can go back and see. You know, that's going to help you out, but don't beat yourself up over it. Um, if you, if you didn't and you start now. Okay. So Kimmy says, yes, those are so helpful. Um, Mary says the girls are three and a half now and already trained. Then I wouldn't even worry about it. Um, Kimmy says, I've been really bad at keeping track of training logs. Can I get a rough estimate? I can get a rough estimate, but I'm forgetful. Exactly. Oh, Kimmy, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mary says, I'm lazy about it too. Michelle says, I'm lazy too. Yep. And Cheryl says, that's where I keep mine in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I said, it is, it's difficult. Now, if I kept it back here, um, in my office on the desk here, it'd be a lot easier, but I don't, I keep it in the actual office, which is in the dog room. So then I can share it with clients whenever they come. And I'm just not in there a lot to fill it out, you know? So I'm going to have to remind me whenever we're done. Okay. Go in there and fill out the, um, Roman's training log. And because I keep a running total, I don't have to go then and figure it out. So I'll put down, for example, today is 1023. So 1023. We spent one hour going to Spar and going to Winn-Dixie and working on public access, you know, like healing and cart work and, um, you know, sits and ignore people and stuff. So sometimes I'll fill that part. Sometimes I won't. I'll just put down Spar and Winn-Dixie um, for one hour. So if we have 83 hours, now the grand total is 84 hours. And then say tomorrow I take her to Disney with us and we're there for four hours and then I'd add four more to that. Um, so I don't have to go back and say, okay, one hour and two hours and three hours and 45 minutes and a half hour. And that's, I usually do a half hour to an hour, you know, so if I go under on one, I go over the next time. 
because they're not going to say, well, I spent nine hours and one minute out here. Like, it's just weird. Um, oh, doo -doo -doo. oh, here we go. Another question. My service dog alerts perfectly during training sessions. No matter the area, with or without treats, he alerts perfectly. However, as soon as he's under a table or a chair, he ignores his cues, which are leg shaking, hand shaking, scratching, etc. What to do about that? Do you have any suggestions? So here's, um, I don't know how old the dog is. His name's Charlie. Um, but he thinks that being under the table or the chair overrides the other cues. He thinks that one's the most important one, and it's not. Mm. The alerting is the most important one. So yeah, I got nothing saying. Okay. Luke, Luke knows, but he's going to let me handle this one because that's the type of son he is. Um, yeah. So, so he thinks that the down and the under are the most important, right? Not the alerting, but we want the alerting. So what you need to do is you need to get him where he's in a down or he's under. I'd start with being in a down and then I'd start with underneath the table and then I'd do underneath the chair just because I don't know how big he is, but like underneath the table, there's usually more room underneath the chair. It could be a little tighter and harder to see you and be very obvious, say leg shaking, right? So like be very obvious and shake your leg and call him to come out and to alert on it. And he's gonna be like, but I'm in my under, under the table and I shouldn't do that. And you're gonna be like, no, this is what I want you to do. And he'll be like, 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 like this for realsies? Yes, that's exactly what I want you to do. Oh, why didn't you say so? But I think if you do that a few times, since he's alerting so well, no matter the area with or without treats, I don't think it's going to take too long to get him where he's doing those even whenever he's in that under um, under the table or under the chair. Okay, does that make sense? Uh, Mary says, I'd work with him tucked. Yep. Um, oh, supporting each other, not tearing each other down. So I feel like as part of the disabled community, which is a super fun community to be involved in, guys, um, I think a lot of times we spend it worrying about ourselves. Like, like I said, I'm not feeling great. That's why he's here today is to carry the, uh, the webinar if need be, uh, because all I want to do is go to sleep. I, all I want to do is play video games and like Japanese stuff. So you know. yeah, that's all he wants to do. Um, but I, I think we do need to support each other and hopefully I'm talking to the choir here. But that's why How to Train Your Service Dog, that's what started that. Um, I don't think that's the saying, talking to the choir. Yeah, it's a, oh, it's a religious Preaching button. to the choir. There you go. I told you. When I'm not Hello, feeling good, my memory is... My name is, my name is Victoria. Uh, Hello, choir. My name is Victoria. That's how people preach. Uh, okay. Um... So we need to support each other. Uh, so I have removed people from the How to Train Your Service Dog Facebook group. Um, and um, some people leave voluntarily, which is nice. But we need to support each other. Um, no name-calling stuff. Um, sometimes, you know, we see the fake service dogs. And not saying that you guys need to go up and say, like, hey, do you need help with your service dog? But, um, and I, I've shot video of, like, this is not appropriate behavior. We were actually, um, when we were at Winn-Dixie today heading in, um, the girl that I was with noticed that there was a little white fuzzball dog in the top of a cart. That's gross. Now, they weren't going into the store. They were walking in front of the store um, with this cart. I don't know where they were going to, but don't put your dog in a cart. ADA says, but don't put the dog in the cart. Like, why would you put the dog in the cart? 
If you need to have your little dog not go on the ground, buy a flipping stroller for your dog. Um, carry your dog or leave your dog at home. But don't put him in a cart, guys. Um, hey, Deb. Yeah, we cut out. I don't know what happened. Oh, couple things. Roma is a little bit reserved, you know, around people. She, she doesn't really care to get pets from people, which is nice. Um, compared to Gypsy, she's a little shy, uh, but she's not. She's just, I would call it a little bit reserved. Um, she doesn't want to go up to people and, and see them, which is great in a service dog, right? So this is what we did. We had her and we had Callie Joe up at um, Brownwood last Thursday night. They have a new market thing that they're doing up there. So we brought Callie Joe, we brought Roma, and we met up with Sammy and his owner. And what happened was um, someone came up, and Callie just not a service dog or a service dog in training. So they wanted to pet one of the dogs. So we're like, you can pet Callie Joe. So they pet Callie Joe, and they asked Sammy's owner, and he wasn't vested. So she's like, yeah, you can pet Sammy. And Roma was vested, and Roma's looking like, oh, oh, why do you think it pets and I don't get pets? Yeah. Remember, I told you she's like seven months old. I can I can say she can get pets. And how we do it is I, I angle towards her. Hey, Roma, do you want to say hi? And I move my hand over like whenever you say like so-and-so, this is so-and-so. So-and-so, that's so-and-so. Right? So I'm like, Roma, do you want to say hi? But I didn't because I'm going to let that happen a few times where she sees another dog getting attention and she doesn't get it and see how that goes um, because I want her to ignore people. Um, but I've also noticed like when we've had people come out to the ranch for different things, she does like them. She does want them to give her pets. So I think that's pretty nice. Um, you know, so she's a service dog. She'll never be a therapy dog, um, which is fine. I told you we tried Gypsy that one therapy visit at the end of August, right as she was starting back into the service dog routine after being out for three months because of all the hot spots because of the dock diving. And um, what happened was after that, for like a week or so, she's like every person she saw, she's like, do you have a treat for me too? Those people had treats for me and I really like treats. Do you have a treat? And I'm like, this is annoying. Now my dogs in the past have been service dogs and therapy dogs, but they've all been um, mature adults whenever we started doing therapy dog visitations with them. And Gypsy being at, oh, not even a year old. Oh, you know, she was just at a year old. It was just too much for her, especially having three months of not going anywhere. So, you know, it did put her behind a little bit. But, oh well. Um, also, do not blame others for your dog's mistake. Following up on the... Unless it actually is their fault. <laughs> Unless it's actually their fault. But no, like I've heard this before. Um, you know, my dog was attacked by a white dog, and so now my dog hates white dogs. That's... Tuck it up, buttercup. Yeah, but that's not actually the other dog's fault. Just make sure the blame goes with the proper like thing, then deal with the problem. Uh, that is key, Lucas, is deal with the problem. So by playing the blame game, you're not going to get anything done. I could say like, oh my God, but Gypsy had those hot spots for like three months. And like, now she's not going to be a service dog and I have to wash her out. Baloney, she's doing fantastic. Um, or, well, Gypsy had that one therapy dog visit and then she wanted to go say hi to everybody afterwards. Yeah, and now it's done. She doesn't do that anymore. Like, that's fine. Um, but don't blame other people for your dog. You say make a friend, same hand motion. Exactly, Mary. Yeah, yeah. I say, do you want to go say hi? And if they don't, I don't let people come up and pet them. If I say, do you want to go say hi, and they do not take a step forward, I'm like, nope, looks like she doesn't want to today. Oh, well, too bad. So sad. Um, but yeah, don't blame others. Um, and I heard that too many times. 
my dog had to be washed out because of this one episode. Well, did you work with a professional trainer? No. Wait a minute. How much time, money, and hope do you have put into this dog that this one episode happened or these two episodes or these half a dozen episodes and you didn't even reach out to a professional to see if, if that could help, if your dog could be helped and work his way through this? What the heck? You realize that... This is one thing I shared in the group this week, guys. My dogs are not perfect, okay? Gypsy is not perfect. Roma is not perfect. Arrow is not perfect. Rue and Zoe are not perfect. Um, you know, Luke and Rich and I aren't perfect. We all make mistakes. Excuse me? I was expecting that one. Um, we all make mistakes. All dogs make mistakes. And until you can never, until you never make a mistake, you can't expect your dog to never make a mistake. Now, the question is, what mistake does your dog make? If your dog is making potty accidents all over the house, well, it's going to be hard to take him out places. Um, say your dog's mistake is he doesn't always hold a sit-stay, and he sometimes breaks it. Well, that's a much easier mistake to deal with, except instead of like, well, my dog viciously attacks, tries to attack and kill every person that he sees. That is a much worse mistake, you know? Um, so one of the things I want to tell you about with Hope is uh, Hope Service Dogs is we sent away, I told you, to um, to the state of Florida, our incorporation papers, and I checked the SunBiz website, and we are officially incorporated in the state of Florida. Now, we have been looking for years. How many years? Four to five years, probably, on starting up a nonprofit of some way, shape, or form. And I had no idea how to do it. So we'd look it up online, and I'd get overwhelmed with it, and I just push it to the side and say, I'm not dealing with it. We'll just keep doing what we're doing. But then I get thinking about it again. And it might be six months later. It might be two months later. It might be a year later. And I'm like, you know, I think we really need to do a nonprofit. I really want to do this because I think it's going to help so many people. So I start looking into it again. And guess what happens again? It gets very overwhelming. And I just, I can't handle this. So um, over the summer, we decided, forget it. Let's do this. So we looked it up online and uh, found out that there were, I found three different companies who could help us with this. Professional help for something I know nothing about. And I'm like, yes, let's try that. So what we did is we went with one of the companies that was actually here in Florida. And what they did was, it was Biz Central USA. They do nonprofit and they do for-profit. But um, they talked with me a few times. We interviewed. Um, they helped me get everything set up. They helped me get the board set up. They got the papers. So all I had to do was sign the papers, put a check, put it in the mail to the state of Florida. Now I have this, and whenever we get those papers back from the state of Florida, they have instructions on how to send it to the IRS. They have all the papers I need, including things like insert employee job descriptions here, so we need to type those up and add them, insert board member bios here, insert filed copy of your articles of incorporation here, and then I take this whole packet, get the signatures from the board members, and I mail it up to the IRS, and that'll get us our 501c3. And whenever that comes back, um, we need to do this to get our, um, so we can um, solicit donations. And then this is for Florida sales tax exemption. So like they, they made it very clear for me in here on what it is I need to do. And that was huge for me because like I said, it was so overwhelming that for years I've just been like, I can't handle this. And even now, like I said, I need to do this, but it's much easier. I can go and say, okay, employee job descriptions and work with the board and do up job descriptions. 
And then board member bios. Well, right now we only have three board members, so it makes it easy. And then the filed copy of your articles of incorporation. Well, I'm going to get that from the state when they send it back. I have the conflict of interest policy here. I have the bylaws here, you know, and I have the application for 501c3 recognition here. And I have to sign it. And like I said, the board has to sign it. So it makes it so much easier than me trying to figure out what I need to do. So much easier. And uh, for the uh, for this other one to solicit donations and then to get the Florida sales tax exemption, I'm sure I would have eventually figured all that out that I needed to do all this stuff. But who knows how long it would have taken and how much more of a headache it would have been. And actually, whenever we were working with this, it was starting to be a bit of a problem because of what we want to do. And they were telling us we can't do it because they don't understand service dogs. So what was happening was the, the girl I was talking to initially, well, I was talking to a guy initially, and he's like, yeah, that won't be a problem. And then he transferred to a different division. So I talked to a girl and she's like, yeah, that won't be a problem. And then they put me through to, you know, I signed up with them. They put me through to the person who's going to work on my case. And she's like, well, I don't think you can do that. Like, what do you mean? I don't, you don't think I can do this? Um, well, like it's, it's a service dog. Like just like donate it. Like, why don't, why do you need to be paid for that again? I'm like, because I have a mortgage to pay and my mortgage isn't paid just, you know, because I trained up a service dog for somebody. Well, like, but why do you need to like buy vests and stuff? Like, won't the company just donate it? No, the company makes service dog vests. Yeah, but I ain't stupid. <laughs> They're not going to donate them to everybody because it's their business. Yeah, well, but like, I don't understand it. I said, do you understand that service dogs can go? Do you understand how charity works? <laughs> do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Like, you're supposed to make money in a nonprofit. Is English your first language? But um, you're supposed to make money in a nonprofit. You're supposed to pull in money, donations, I and everything else. I don't like else. that business style. I never have. But here's the difference between having a nonprofit and a for-profit is, as a for-profit, the people on the Who board... Who to donate? Right? The people on the board would be looking out for the shareholders, right? Um, instead, the people on the board don't get paid. to charity. Never donate to a nonprofit. Unless it's Hope Service Dogs. Ow. That you're supposed to donate to whenever we get the okay that you can send money to us. Um, yeah, Kimmy says, I'd like to say we're all perfectly imperfect, right? What do you put on a dog? What you put into a dog is what you get out of the dog. Yeah. And Kimmy says, I'm so excited for Hope. So, so excited. So, so, so excited, right? Um, so, like I said, it, it was difficult. But I think hiring a professional is the best thing we could have done. Because guess what? Hope Service Dogs, Inc. is now a thing. And if you go to hopeservicedogs.org, you can see the beginnings of our website. And if you go to dreamk9.com, you can see that we changed up colors on our website to match our new vest and colors for the things. So we have more coming in, um, in that purple with the blue, um, blue uh, lettering, blue and white lettering. So... I think those will be the Dream Dogs colors. It might be the Hope colors too. I have to clear that with the board. Um, but hiring a professional, guys, if you're unsure about something but you really want it, I really can't say it enough. Hire a professional. It'll make it so much easier. Oh, my gosh. Um, also, this is going to be a real quick one because I'm going to do a full podcast on it. But since I'm talking about Gypsy's Vest and everything, I've had a number of um, – people that we're working with who have approached me and asked for help in designing their service dog vest and their service dog gear and what's appropriate and what's inappropriate. And I have not felt good enough because I had a root canal yesterday 
Um, I have not felt good enough to address that in a podcast, but that is going to be one of the things that we do is do a podcast on some of the different service dog gear that we've gone through, what we like about it, what we don't like about it, what we're using now and why we're using it. I have some of this in the online course under the service dog gear module. Um, but I wanted to show you because, you know, we've tried some different things. Um, you know, like I said, what we find works out better than others. Um, and, you know, why we do what we do. So if you have questions on it, you let me know. Um, Kimmy says, those are my favorite colors. I'm totally down for it. Awesome. Right? I like those together. So, yeah, like I said, we were changing up the colors on the Dream Dogs page to be that purple and the light blue, which uh, we have one organization quasi-locally. They're in Orlando area uh, called New Horizons, and theirs is dark green. And one of the girls I follow on Instagram, um, she works there, so, you know, I always see pictures of her dog, Mozart, and um, it's that dark green, and you see that, and as soon as you see that, you think, oh, that's New Horizons, right? Well, that's what I want for Hope, and that's what I want for Dream Dogs is, um, is that. Um, but yeah, and we're going to need to do fundraising for it. And I think what we're going to do for hope is put together a full, um, a different package than what dream dogs offers. Okay. So it's not going to be, you can get dream dog stuff through hope. It's going to be something a little different. Um, there's going to be some application process that is going to have to be gone through. And, um, we're going to be able to do a, a little bit different things too you know, especially as hope grows, you know, I had somebody already contact me telling me they want a dog. <laughs> I'm like, hold on a minute here. Hold on. We're not there yet. Um, we will eventually be doing puppies. I am assuming, but, um, yeah, buy me a dog. <laughs> buy me a dog. Um, but first we need to, uh, gosh, how much have I spent so far on it? Uh, about 1500 on starting up hope. So I get reimbursed for that too. Whenever we uh, start pulling in donations, um, because they're all loans made from, from me or dream dogs over to, uh, to hope there. So, you know, it was, uh, it's not cheap setting up a, uh, a nonprofit apparently. Um, but yeah, so the podcast, we're going to do one, like I said, on service dog vest and gear. Hope that's what's going on with hope right now is I'm still waiting, but on Friday, I think it was of last week, I noticed that uh, when you search Sunbiz, uh, we come up, Hope Service Dogs is a thing now, which makes me very happy. Uh, very, very happy. And then tomorrow, today's Tuesday, tomorrow's Wednesday, October 24th, and uh, the Service Dog Group, we are going to Epcot. So I'm hoping to feel better tomorrow. I go to the dentist in the morning um, to get my first part of the crown done. I guess to get it set up for the crown. Yay, super fun. And then I get to go back in two weeks and have they put the crown on. Um, so super fun and exciting there. Oh, Rich is here. Hey, Rich. Hi. Uh, we are just finishing up here. So uh, let me know what questions you guys have for next week. We covered quite a bit this week. And um, I will talk to you later. Bye-bye, guys.